Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rate the Record podcast, episode 26, <coughs> this time around. There you go. I love how much Zoom cut out most of your audio while you did that, so it's going to come out super quiet. So, so peaked. I peaked so hard. Yeah, you did, but then Zoom's like, uh-uh. <laughs> I tried. Your hosts are just trying their hardest today, or Chris and... Savannah, the best person you know named Savannah. Fair. I'll give you that because I literally know no other Savannas. Oh <laughs> yeah. And uh, for all you video viewers out there, uh, mind the toque. I'm having a bad hair day. Next time you see me, my hair's going to look super fly, super fresh. Nice. But right now it's not, so you get black toque time. And audio <laughs> listeners, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, uh, yes, this is the Rate the Record podcast. <laughs> so thank you very much for joining us for this episode, this very special anniversary episode today. Mm. Uh, so if you do like what you hear today, make sure you hit like, like, subscribe. You can comment, follow, share, rate, do all those great things to help build the musical community that we are indeed trying to build brick by brick. We want you to be a part of it. We actually even have a new way that you can do that, too, not only just by following us on social media, sending in requests, just commenting on the videos. We now have a Kofi page. But Chris, you're asking, what the hell is Kofi? <laughs> I was just going to say, what is Kofi? Please tell. A cup of Kofi. Anyways, they uh, that's how they say a cup of coffee. But anyways, it's pronounced Jeez. Kofi. And basically what Kofi is, I'll break this down really quick. It's kind of like Patreon, but less sketchy. And not only that, but all the content creators get 100% of the fees. I mean, I mean not, not fees. Uh, they get 100% of the money donated and no fees go to the actual, like, you know, website. So, hey, that's a lot better. Nice. And so, yeah, we decided to open this just in case, you know, you felt like uh, financially supporting us aside from just, you know, liking and following what we do and everything like that. It is another option for you to do. Uh, obviously, we're a very small podcast right now. We don't have a lot to offer. But right now, what we can offer you, if you decide to do this, first off, you can go check out the website, ko-fi.com slash rate the record, ko-fi.com slash rate the record. Go check that out. And what we have right now, all we can offer at the current time is uh, we will sh give you a shout-out or new donators' shout-outs at the beginning of uh, every episode of that week. So you'll have your name shouted out or username, depending on what you want. Uh, there's going to be a post-show thank you card, so that way your name will forever be, like, immortalized there. And uh, we will also expedite your requests if you have one. So if you have an album request and you really want it done, we will push that to the front of the request line, like, ASAP. And for $25, Chris will send you a lock of his hair. Now, I didn't agree to this, that's but why I, that's why if you actually do, <laughs> then maybe I have no choice. You get a mustache hair. You, you have to do it for the fans. And this goes back to the conversation we had a long time ago about starting OnlyFans with our feet. <laughs> uh, shout out to that one. But oh, anyways, yeah. yes, uh, and just, uh, you can check that out, ko-fi.com slash rate the record. It's down in the link in the description, both video and audio, regardless of where you are, you can find it. And I just want to make this crystal clear, the show will never uh, cost money. The, the the official Rate the Record podcast, this thing right here, still free. Singles reviews, free. Most bonus content, 100%. free. We have some things in the works that we want to do, but that's going to come later. But regardless... All the mainstays are still free. Donating is optional. It's there for you if you want to do. Yes. Just thought I'd throw that all out there. <laughs> I hope I made that clear because I spent a long time talking about that. <laughs> but before we go any further into the episode, we want to make sure that we're going to be cool about things. We're going to make sure that uh, even if we disagree with each other's opinions, we can have a like a good, lighthearted discussion, not bullying people. Don't be a dick. And uh, Savannah's going to go ahead and tell us about that. All right, my time to shine. 
Yeah. The following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss on Rate the Record regarding this album are strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We are simply two friends having fun discussing and listening to music. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter of each episode, but we do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence based on the opinions of ourselves or others. This podcast is a casual and for fun project, and you are welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we write with a grain of salt there we go i i finally was watching you as i'm reading that and i'm like the hell is happening are you talking about the last portion there because i do a lot of stuff while you're talking i kind of look like you were in a mosh pit there oh because i was getting ready to do the grain of salt that's the most theatric i've been about it i like it i like it i'm just waiting for you to accidentally hit the camera Oh, one day I'll punch the microphone and just like, oh, oops. <laughs> and you just hear this loud squee like the entire podcast. And then it, and then it's just uh, like an off-air sound like on the TV and then the podcast ends. That's it. It's just beep and then ends. Yeah, then in the video transition, I'll just, I'll put like the Canadian flag on the screen, play O Canada and really kind of like lo-fi <laughs> distortion like they used to do back in the 80s and then the channel would end for the night. Oh, That's exactly God. what I'll do with the podcast. Oh, Lord. That sounds so creepy. I love it. But... It's time to start uh, talking about today's band that we're doing. It is a special anniversary. You've already seen the title, so you know what's up. We're doing U2 and the 35-year-old album, The Joshua Tree, that for, for uh, U2 or audio listeners out there who can't see, this is the first time I can hold a vinyl record up in front of the screen since we've done Mr. Bungle's California. <laughs> Just listen to that one. That one was good. Yeah, that was a great episode. It was a great record. Everything was great about it. Heck yes. Go. But actually, I'll put this in the background so everyone can kind of see it. There we go. I came prepared today. Nice. <laughs> anyway, yes, U2 and the Joshua Tree released in 1987 uh, from one of the biggest bands in the world, one of their best-selling albums, and it's celebrating its 35th anniversary on March 9th. So what better day to cover it than now since we don't have a show on the 9th? Exactly. So in in case I have to tell you who the hell U2 is, which I doubt it, but you're going to listen anyway. <laughs> U2 is a rock and alternative band from Dublin, Ireland, and was formed in 1976 and founded by frontman Bono, guitarist and vocalist The Edge, bassist Adam Clayton, and drummer Larry Mullen Jr. There was a couple other members, but they were very short-lived. Um, the band would gain a small following in notoriety between 76 and 1980 until they re released their debut album, Boy, in October 1980. Uh... The band has gone on to be recognized worldwide as one of the biggest and greatest selling music acts in history, having sold an estimated 150 to 170 million albums worldwide. They have won countless awards throughout their career, including Grammys, AMAs, MTV VMAs, there's going to be a lot of letters here, Qs, <laughs> Junos, NMEs, two Golden Globes, and they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2005. The band is also well known for their activism and philanthropy. Obviously, you know, Bono's like God's boy. Uh, they, they have performed at Band Aid, Live Aid, Self Aid, Conspiracy of Hope, Stop, Sellafield, War Child, and so many more. They've raised money and awareness for countless charities and causes throughout their entire career. But today, their fifth studio album, 1987's The Joshua Tree, was released March 9th, as, as already said, 1987, and we are celebrating, yes, that 35th anniversary, released through Island Records, and we and was recorded at STS uh, Dane's, Mot Dane's Moat House, Mel Beach, and Windmill Lane. Just choose one studio. <laughs> The album was also produced by Daniel Lanois and Brian Eno. Those are some familiar names in the classic rock world. 
Uh, the album reached number one on multiple weekly and yearly end charts, number 10 of, on the UK decade end charts uh, from 1980 to 89. The album has gone 42 times platinum around the world. It has sold approximately 25 million copies worldwide. Perfect scores nearly across the review board, including All Music, The LA Times, The New Zealand Herald, Chicago Sun-Times, and more. The album spawned five singles, three of which were obviously chart toppers, and you'll know exactly which ones. With or Without You, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For, Where the Streets Have No Name, In God's Country, and One Tree Hill. Bullet, Bullet the Blue Sky wasn't a single? I, I thought the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that. God damn. And it's funny, with One Tree Hill, it was really technically only a single in New Zealand. It wasn't even, like, oh. really that big over here in North America, or even in Europe. Okay. But, yeah, uh, I mean, cr- compressing all of their accolades down into one paragraph was difficult because the band and the album have, like, a book's worth of shit to talk about, so. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually pretty surprised, like... When I think of you too, I do think of, you know, the eighties as well, but I did not think that they got together in the mid seventies. That's just wild to me. Yeah. There were young lads down in Ireland or over <laughs> in Ireland, I should say. Dang. And uh, then, yeah, they kind of blew up in the eighties and there you go. Look where they are now. Most massive band in the entire world. Yep. On every iPod. Whether you want it or not. <laughs> uh, those were the days. Yep. But anyways, it's time to start talking about the album now as we do. Uh, So track number one, Where the Streets Have No Name. It is so hard with that organ intro to not know what song it is. Like there there are some songs where you're like, oh, it could go this way or that way. But 99% of the song, you're like, yeah, I know the song already. And it's just maybe one sustained chord, if maybe two, and that's it. So I I like the, the huge distinction right from the get-go so i yeah. uh oh, i was gonna say it kind of reminds me of that who song with the intro i can't stand but i do like this song i think i might know which one you're talking about it's hard to say though <laughs> i don't this. remember what it is but it's just like the same thing over and over as it i whatever that one is i hate it I might have to ask later. Yeah. Now I'm curious to know what it is. But anyways, yeah. Uh, I made a comment about the organs too, like right in the beginning, the godlike organs that just kind of come in, good start to the track and the album as a whole, to be honest. Um, it feels like the start of a new day. That's kind of like the feelings that that organ gave me. Um, it's followed by these like delayed guitars that kind of slowly come in. It sounds great. And yeah, it, it's hard to remove... Uh, the bias of having heard this song a billion times yeah. on the radio, television, wherever. Uh, but the guitars, to me, are at least iconic and instantly recognizable. Like, it's not the most icon- iconic guitar riff in the entire world, but at the same time, like, this, the first note or two, I'm just like, I know exactly what that is. <laughs> yeah. So it's iconic in at least, like, that that remark. Um, the progression of the wor- verse works uh, really well. Uh, it has like this quick running pace to it, which is nice, kind of keeps the energy going. It kind of feels like it, it's adventurous and fun. I don't know. It's hard to describe, but it's like it's definitely like a positive feeling listening to the instrumentals. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, uh, we, we mentioned this almost in every podcast, but for so, per, particular albums, we have to mention this. In case you don't know, we don't really do lyrical breakdowns, and I know that there's like a lot of important lyricism in this album and in you two in general. Right. Uh, so we, we're not doing that. So if you're looking for that, we apologize, but... 
We just don't do lyrics. <laughs> yeah, that would take us forever to decipher where that person was at in their life and what they're talking about and all that stuff. So. See episode 18, Nine Inch Nails Zero Zero, when I broke down <laughs> nearly every song and it was a two and a half hour episode. Yeah, and then at the end, it was just Chris on his own and I was just sleeping on the table and... Yeah, it's too much. Fun little behind the scenes of that episode. The actual recording got cut down from about three hours and 15 minutes to about two and a half hours. So there was a lot removed from that episode. You're welcome or I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> yup. Oh, boy. But Okay, so back to this song now. Because yes. I don't want to go all Nine Inch Nails on this now. <laughs> the, Trent Reznor has covered you two. Anyways, the subtle layering of sounds that are built uh, throughout the track become like quite a treat on the ears, especially because I've never listened to this album before uh, with headphones on. Uh, and I've, to be honest, I've never listened to this whole album before. I just know the big hits. Mm-hmm. But when I was listening to it with headphones, there was like, a, you discover a lot more, like as oh, you yeah. usually would upon multiple listens. So like, I don't know, it made for quite the uh, interesting experience, I guess, to be like, oh, I didn't hear that. Listen to this layering. This is crazy. What is this? This isn't on the radio because radio speakers suck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the running 16th notes are a good choice. It keeps the exciting pace of the track. And I mean, this song honestly didn't feel like five and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it felt like maybe four, but like, yeah, I just, when the song was ending, I looked at the time. I was like, there's no way it's five thirty-six. <laughs> no, yeah. There's no way. Well, you just mentioning like, uh, the 16th notes and it just kind of feels like you're on an adventure. I did make a note that, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, even when the chorus kicks in, I don't feel like the tension breaking. It just still feels like it's building and it's building and the music doesn't really resolve it. It just feels like it's still going. And as the song's ending, I can just imagine like a horse running and just galloping and all you hear is just the hooves. And it's just like, you know, someone's on a horse and they're like, goodbye forever. And they they ride off into the sunset as the song's fading away. I liked it. It was a very nice imagery I created in my head there. Running alongside the horses, or at least trying to. (laughs) Two steps, horse kicks you, you're down. Running through like a shallow river in a meadow or something (laughs) like that. I don't know. Some beautiful things to look at. Yeah. And and talking about wearing headphones even, um, I heard like a, I guess, what I thought was like a tinny guitar just quietly strumming away behind uh, the verse and the running bass, the bass is going and just hear ding a ding a ding a ding a ding in yeah. the background. But it's like you wouldn't hear that normally, but when you hear it in the headphones, you're like, that adds like another layer to the cake, which is nice. I wonder too, like, because like uh I listened to the remastered version of this album, so may I don't know if that had anything to do with it or if it was just there the whole time. But yeah, it definitely worked. I liked it, and I'd like hearing this additional layering that I haven't heard before, so it makes the song that much more interesting. Mm-hmm. I I think it's a great start to the album, for sure. Oh, yeah. And hence why it was uh, one of those number one hits that I was talking about earlier. <laughs> yep. But speaking of number one hits, let's go on to another one. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Personal preference not to have two songs with the same sort of intro next to each other. Um, to me, and I guess in my youth... Um, I would always confuse these two because in my head, the long intro was kind of the same to me. Um, but, uh, I, I really, I still really like this song and I don't know if it is the bias of hearing it a million times, but I, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I don't think we've had (laughs) this much of an issue with bias in like hearing a song a billion times since we've literally done episode one, Pearl Jam. 
Yeah. When we covered the album 10, which was also an anniversary album for those who don't know, which I'm pretty sure you do. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, hearing songs like Jeremy Alive and everything like that, which is now I have those same feelings coming back to this album where it's just like, yeah, I've heard I'm uh, still haven't found what I'm looking for like a billion times. Um, that kind of affected the score for me because I know I'm kind of tired of this one. It's not a bad song, but yeah. just it's one of those ones I probably don't have to hear again if I don't want to. Yeah. Um, the uh, yeah, the plucky guitars uh, to start the track in the beginning were particularly tickling to my ears in the mix. Just the way they were in the headphones, it was like musical asthma, and it just I don't know. It sent it made my spine jerk. <laughs> So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I was just sitting there like, ah, wh- who, where, what? Uh. It's only bad if you're paralyzed, so I guess it's good. And if I was paralyzed my spine felt that alive, it would be a good thing. Because <laughs> other than that, I'm just sitting in a chair like, I'm sad now. <laughs> I, I like the bass in this. Like, I, I feel like I like the bass in most of the songs, but I, I don't know. I, I find that it's a little louder in the mix than the guitar so it really sticks out i I felt like that was a a few songs on there where the bass was like the more outstanding thing not because of what it was doing but just tonally yeah stood out in the mix and that does come up i think once or twice in my notes i i don't remember but i i do know i pointed that out to myself as i was listening to the album Mm -hmm. um the hook is obviously very memorable in this song Everyone knows it. And then you have like these choir-like background vocals that just kind of enhance it even further. So that sounds really nice. Yeah. Uh, Bono has great projection in his voice. Uh, I mean, there's there's quite a few songs on this album where he really is able to like go from soft to like yelling or just like open voice chanting type thing. And he does it like almost seamlessly. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. Um a lot of guitar layers in this track, like especially again in the headphones. Never heard that many layers in the original track, or at least none I paid attention to. With the headphones on, oh my god, it's crazy! But um, it's mesmerizing. But if you're paying attention to it like I was, it becomes a little distracting. So I had to keep like going back a few times because, like, oh, I was just paying attention to this and this. Like, <laughs> yeah, I need to hear the song. <laughs> a little distracting. It's not really gonna damage the score or anything. Yeah. Uh, this one felt like it stretched on a little bit. Uh, still entertaining enough, though, to keep me from getting bored. So, yeah. And yes, heard this one a billion times. <laughs> I I don't want to ruin the future songs, but this is sort of the start of a trend of I don't feel like there's many peaks or valleys. It's just sort of a running... I don't know, like a running story. And it's just kind of, I don't know. I didn't feel any point of excitement in it. Yeah. The, I think the only exciting part of this particular song was like when he went to the, ah, yeah. like that whole part. Cause it, it became so grandiose at that point because like he's again, projecting very yeah. loud. And so that was pretty entertaining, kind of like eye opening a little bit. But yeah, other than that, the song kind of runs fairly similar. Yeah, I think the the vocals do a lot of the heavy lifting. So I, I, I li- usually does. <laughs> I I'm listening to somebody tell their story about going to the grocery store when really I want to hear what it was like on their vacation to you know the Alps and you know having a a Sherpa accompany them up a mountain. That's the story I want to hear. I don't want to hear what kind of milk you bought. And that's kind of how the music... Or the milk that he couldn't find, because that's exactly what the song title is. He went to the grocery store and still couldn't find what he was looking for. 
You you created that. I joke did that to myself. Air. I did that to myself. You materialized it. I just gave it a physical form. Oh, I did that to myself. All right. Well, I'm done. <laughs> well, then I'll keep doing this podcast with or without you. Oh my God. As soon as I saw the song title, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, <sighs> uh, this is all your fault, isn't it? <laughs> Yes, the third number, the third song in the album, and the third number one hit of the album as well, with or without you. Uh, I mean, I, I will say it's it's interesting that for these last three tracks, that you have like this dissension in energy. Like the where the streets have no name, had a fast pace, very energetic. Still haven't found what I'm looking for. Still had a decent pace, but it felt a little toned down. Yeah. From the first track, and this one kind of goes into like a smoother territory. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it felt natural and comfortable, though, so it didn't really bother me that much. Yeah. yeah. I made another note uh, about the bass. <laughs> okay, so now, um, it might just be me, but um, the first song I ever learned on bass was All American Rejects, Swing Swing, where really all it is is just two bars of four notes, and that's it. Yeah. And the bass line in this kind of reminds me of that. So I was literally singing that song until the like until the actual song kicked in. I was singing the chorus and I'm like, no, no, this is this is this is wrong. So yeah. And just as you were saying that, I thought to myself, uh what I mentioned about the last song, the grandiose voice, that's in this song, not uh not not the previous one. So oh. oops, my bad. <laughs> you can stop typing your angry messages now. I corrected myself. Yep. Yeah. That or you already hit send and then you hit play again and they're like, oh, wait, he corrects himself. <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned bass. The first song I learned was yeah. uh, Terrible Lie by Nine Inch Nails. There oh, we geez. go. I, uh, I didn't even learn the whole song. I just learned the chorus and went, that's good enough. That's good enough. Hey, it's it's a start. Yep. Got to start somewhere. Just learn Smoke on the Water. There you go. That's where everyone starts. Excellent. <laughs> Um, this song, I, I love the use of the Ebo in this one, and it's that kind of like high pitch sound during the verse that you can kind of hear just like a mm-hmm. note just kind of sustained and going all over the place type thing. Mm-hmm. I believe it's an Ebo, it kind of because it sounds like it's just an infinitely sane, uh, sustained guitar string. Uh, it's a very, very underrated guitar accessory. I just realized it's sitting here next to me. I have my own Ebo, I love this thing. It's perfect. I use it almost every song I make. So, just I had to give it a shout out because whenever I hear one, I love it. Um, this, the, there's a bunch of sweeping synths in this track. It kind of really helps it flow very smoothly. I thought, uh, it keeps in like a nice tonal consistency that is until the, like the mid song pickup, because obviously it, there is like a little more towards the middle and end. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like how the song does progressively pick up the energy. So it's not just like, as I mentioned earlier, like the descending energy of like the, the three tracks and, but this one hits kind of a, a bottom and then it starts to go back up again. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, there's like this rise in the drums and the guitar, eventually followed by Bono's vocals, are done so well, as I said, the grandiose woes that he does. Yeah. The production of songs like this feels like a standard for songwriting. Yeah. Just because, I don't know, like, there's just like a lot of emotion being portrayed. There's like a good, like, loudness and then like quietness to the instruments and like how it's like smoothly can all transition. It's it's really good. I like that. I. I didn't hear much guitar during the first verses and it really made it feel kind of mysterious. And I, I really like that. I like songs that'll kind of make me feel uncomfortable, but it's like, 
maybe it's the expectation that it will resolve itself at the end that'll make me feel better. Or by the end of the song, I still feel on edge, but at least it makes me feel something. Yeah. So I, I like that. And um, it, uh, though the call and answer with the guitar and the vocals when Bono singing, I can't live, and he just keeps going. It's um, I can't live. And then the guitar kind of strums a little in like the high note. Every episode, it is more apparent that I don't play anything. It Sometimes I'm surprised I even have ears. Um, but Not yeah. After this many I, episodes, I figure that you would start to pick up on things by now. I just, I don't know proper terms. So it literally yeah. makes me sound like I just have no idea what I'm talking about, which sometimes is true. But yeah, no, I like the call and answer. Um, I think it is... It might be after the chorus, but before he sang, I've heard the song so much that I'm just trying to play it in my head going, where is it situated in the song? But anyways, guitar and vocals, call and answer. He says, I can't live. I like it. Sounds really good. Yeah, I, I think I know what the part <laughs> you're talking about, too. Yeah. Um, I felt the ending was a little anticlimactic, though, because, I mean, like, it felt like when everything got a little louder, it was building to something. Uh-huh. It drops a bit, starts to pick up again a little bit, and I was like, okay, let's see where this is going now, but then... It just fades, and it's kind of unfortunate. Still not a bad track, though, but just kind of a weird way to end the track. Yeah. Maybe uh, it's just me. <laughs> I, I didn't make note of it, so maybe I didn't notice. Or it, again, could have been one of those, I've heard this a million times, so it's just sort of my expectation is that that's going to happen, and then I don't really make much note of it. Um, I did note that it could have ended sooner than it did, but at least the end kind of sounded interesting to me. Um, and a question, uh, is this band based solely on ambient sounds and less on showcasing musical prowess, or is that part of the production? Because I know that Brian Eno's kind of into that. That's, that's very likely then. I don't listen to you two enough to know if that's their you know, bag. Yeah. They've never really been known for like their outstanding instrumentals or like, holy shit moments. Yeah. It's all just been like one collective effort into like making like this very kind of epic sounding song. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was probably the thought process going into this one too. Cause yeah, like tell me one guitar solo you remember in this album. Tell me like one riff that was like, wow, that was insane. But the edge is always like, Oh, he's the greatest guitar player. He's so good. Blah, blah, blah. But then you listen to this and it's like, Maybe he's not a good technical player. Maybe he plays a lot more on feel or like emotion, but like it just, to me, the guitar just sounds like ambient noise. Well, not noise because it's not bad. Ambient sounds. Well, he's, he's just good for what he does. I guess I've never really put him up there as like one of the top guitars, but I know people have. Yeah. I think he's just good at the style he does. And he's like one of the more notable guitars of his style. Mm-hmm. So like no, he's not like Slash. He's not like Hendrix. He's not like any of that. Like he's his own thing, and so that's why yeah. he stands out in that sense, I guess. Okay, I'm just I'm, I'm kind of just talking out my ass at this point. Yeah. Well, it. I mean, it does make sense. So. Yeah. All right, we'll move on. Number four, Bullet the Blue Sky. Now, is it? I could just wonder this was Bullet in the Blue Sky. Yeah, and then I then I writing it down, going, huh. Maybe the radio DJs have been saying it right the whole time. I'm looking right at the vinyl. Bullet the blue sky. There you go. Confirmed. I, yeah, I didn't know that, but I have always liked this song. 
it's funny because like I know I've heard this one before and like when I was listening to it to review it I was like okay I kind of remember this one and yeah. yeah I thought for sure this was a single off some album but yeah apparently it's not like it might have been a b-side I think but that's about it yeah weird this sounds like a show starter yeah. Like, this sounds like a, at the beginning of a YouTube show, this is what starts everything. Like, you know, the lights go out, but then, like, smoke fills the stage, lights start coming on, people are, like, clapping, going crazy. And Especially with the drum and bass groove at the beginning. It's just as everyone else is coming onto the stage. I love it. It, it's it's kind of how I feel like the song Grace 2 by the Tragically Hip would be at their concert. Like, that's the show starter. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly how I feel about uh, this kind of song. It, and Because, you, yeah, you have the, the, the drum groove, like, this kind of simplistic bass line playing, these drawn-out guitars. They kind of build, like, a really tense atmosphere, and I, I, I like that. Like, I, I appreciate this big buildup that you're doing now. Yeah. Um, Bono has a lot of vocal embellishment in this song, which I kind of dig as well. He does like these snarling little things every once in a while, kind of like pushes out that voice a little bit. I I don't know. I like that because it's it's something new that he's doing. We're not that far into the album. So yes, by all means, try something new. We're here. Why not? You better do it. Yeah. And if it doesn't uh, work, by the end, we'll forget about it. Yeah. I thought it added like a bit of darkness and for lack of better terms, a bit of sass to the yeah. song or maybe the album <laughs> as a whole. Yeah. I, I like the song was did start to get like slightly stale, like only a little bit because like it was like kind of a plain ride all the way through, aside from like these occasional like guitar swellings and vocal embellishments again. But the last chord of the track got pretty interesting with its almost like psychedelic wailing guitars. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So there was enough going on in the song that I was like, okay, I do like this. I like the tone of it. I like how everything sounds. Just. I don't know. I kind of wish there was a little more to it because I would have upped the score of a lot more if there was. So you've definitely said a lot of what I what I had. Um, Bonus. <laughs> uh, in addition, I did like the guitar swells and sort of the zooming from one side to the other because in without reading the lyrics or really listening to them, um, I kind of imagine what the song would be about with just the song title and hearing the guitars are kind of just like, I don't know, like little shots or little missiles from one headphone to the other or one ear to the other. And that, that was a touch that like, I don't think I would ever think of, but hearing it, you're like, that makes so much sense. And it just ties everything together in a neat little package. And I really, just something super simple can add so much. And I, I, I think the best part about that, too, like those uh, noises that you're talking about, mm -hmm. a lot of it was happening, too, while Bono was doing, like, these spoken word portions. Yeah. Like, he wasn't quite singing. He was, like, these really low-toned, like, just talking like a poem. Yeah. Like, and so I think that worked well to kind of build the scenery behind him. So that was really yeah. cool. Yeah, I like that. And uh, a minor note is the eighth-note hits, which I think might be right, where it's like af at the end of every bar, it just goes like, it, it just goes like faster at the, I, that's my favorite part of the song. And I don't know why it just like, it like makes me feel like tense in a way. It's like, I'm, they're leading me and then they want me to hurry up and then we're slowing down. Then they want me to hurry up again. So it's like, kind of keeps me on my toes a little bit musically. And yeah, I like that. It adds more to that tension that I was talking about earlier. Just because, yeah. like, yeah, it, it builds up the speed a little bit at the end of the the, uh, the last bar of the verse there, and then it kind of just continues on. So, like, there is, like, a little bit of a pickup that kind of keeps you going through each verse. Because, yeah. yeah, if it was just straight quarter notes, it might have felt a little flatter than I thought it ended up feeling. Yeah. But, yeah, things like that can help. 
I like that a lot. It's the minor details that, you know, really go a long way. Hell yeah. Other than that, I don't really have anything else to say for it. Like, it didn't feel like a long song. It did and it didn't. I don't know. It's kind of, it wasn't too long, though. Yeah. I was pleased to hear it again because I definitely know that I've heard it on the radio, like, at least a decade ago. So revisiting it was kind of nice for nostalgia's sake. I guess it was just, um, like, a non-charting single then. It was just something that was, again, maybe released as a B-side and caught on on the radio. It's hard to well, say. I also grew up in a town of 100,000 people. So, I mean, our our version of the best music is listening to Nazareth and Loverboy. So. That, that just reminds I'll keep this very, very quick because I know I'm going to digress with this. But that just kind of reminded me, like, uh, uh, back when I was a teenager, uh, the girl I was dating at the time, uh, I went with her, her and her parents to PEI for three weeks in the summer oh, nice. because that's where they're from. Uh, and I remember one of her cousins telling me, like, the most exciting thing that happened on that island was, like, the Black Eyed Peas came to play and like they don't ever really get concerts over there. So like yeah. everyone on the island goes, even if oh, you hate yeah. the Black Eyed Peas, you go just for oh, the yeah. party. To say you went and yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. With, a, with an island that probably only has like fucking eight people inhabiting it. Yeah. Everyone has to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that kind of reminds me of my hometown for sure. Although I, I wonder what's bigger PEI or your hometown. <laughs> it's hard to say at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to look that one up. All right, we'll move on to song number five. The uh, what well, I guess what the ballad of the uh, the album's going to be. Although there's kind of ballad feeling songs in this one. Yeah. Running to stand still. It is nice to have a slower and quieter song after the last one. The last one seemed left off kind of intense. Mm-hmm. Um, but this song, this is definitely the last song on side A. I don't even have to look, and I know it. And that is what I wrote verbatim. Like, I'm just listening to it and writing it down. I'm like, there is no way that this is starting aside. It feels like an appropriate end. Yeah, it didn't. It, that's the thing about, like, side A's and side B's. It doesn't really happen anymore because, like, we don't have that really uh-huh. anymore. But you can always tell when one side's ending because it'll be a particular emotion and played pretty heavy or, or in this case, soft. Because, uh, yeah, you'll either go pretty intense to end one side or you'll go, like, very quiet, soft, like... We hope you enjoyed side A. Please flip over for side B. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I can definitely see that. I uh, At the beginning, it sounds like he's tuning his guitar. And then they start, little, like yeah. they started recording before he was ready. And I, I got a kick out of that because every time I think of it, I'm like, it'd be really funny if that was the case. It, it reminds me, every time I hear something like that, it reminds me of uh, 2112 by Rush. This, uh, the second track in that whole overture, it's called Discovery. And you just hear like these waterfall noises and then you hear like these light strum strings happening in the background. But then like it's clearly a guitar tuning. No. <laughs> because in, in the story, like this character finds a guitar, like what the hell is this thing? That's what the whole yeah. song is about. So he's like just... I don't know how he knew how to tune it, but he did. And yeah. it's pretty guitar head. So every time I hear a guitar tuning sound in a song, I always yeah. think of Rush. Nice. Yeah, I say it. with Getty Lee looming over your shoulder. <laughs> July 2020. Yeah. Hell yeah. What a year. <laughs> yeah. I got a 2022 one in my kitchen, but I'm actively using that one. Um, yeah, you need that where you're going to actually plan real shit. <laughs> Not exactly. just a background piece. Exactly. And then two months before the the year is over, it's going on the wall behind me. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, it uh this song this song to me was boring. Um it just didn't give me much. 
Although I found its only redeeming quality are those deep floor drums that kick in because they feel like those huge ones that they use with like the, um, the felt mallets uh, in an orchestra. I like that. That was cool. But uh, yeah, no, it felt like no peak, no valley. It was just like, it was a road trip you'd rather fall asleep on. Your opinion of this song right here. My opinion. You notice how they're different? Yeah. (laughs) To uh, audio listeners, they're going to be different. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like pretty much everything you said, I have something opposite to say. Okay, please. I I would like you to um, explain your side, sir. Well, I'll start out with the, uh, the the lap steel guitar in the beginning because I, I like I think we both kind of like that regardless. Like that's yeah. always a nice sound to add, and with like these kind of like quiet, clean strumming guitars behind it and the piano match to it, I thought it worked all really well together. Uh, it's it's only really in the beginning though. Like it's I wish it had lasted a little longer. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it doesn't because then like the vocals come in, and I think like yeah, the lap steel disappears until like the end of the song after that. Um. I do like the softer, more like passionate approach to the vocals uh, with this one. I thought it was a very welcome addition to the track because he's been quiet on the album so far, like in certain tracks, but like this one just really, you can feel the, the emotion coming out of this one. It almost felt like a lullaby. So I kind of enjoyed that. Um, I didn't feel like the drums were necessary for this one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They felt really abrasive on an otherwise really pretty sound. Like it just didn't feel like it was quite needed. It, like, it was actually a conflict I had with myself. I battled with this track while scoring it mm-hmm. uh, because like I listened to it a few times, but every time I did, like I enjoyed what I was hearing, but those drums kept just taking me out of the moment. And I was trying to just like put that out of my head and just enjoy the rest of the track. But just that second verse when the, the Tom drums are just building a little too heavily, I'm just like, you, you don't need this part. You mm-hmm. can drummers can sit out for a track. It's fine. Yeah. But no, so, like, that one came in. I don't really think it damaged the score too much in my mind. Like, I still scored it pretty decently, but I'd, if you could redo the song, just take out those drums, make it just this pretty, like, soft acoustic-type ballad like it already is, and I think it would have worked fine. Uh, this is why I want you to tell me your uh, your notes first so I can tell you why and how you were wrong. Um but uh, yeah, you mentioning a lullaby. Uh, I was definitely running to stand still, and now I am asleep. So, ah, pun. Yeah, no, you you made your own now. Thank you. And that was that was premeditated. I wrote that one down. <laughs> oh, see, I came up with mine. Actually, you materialized them again. I gave them physical form. If if I yeah. could if I could physically mani- manifest puns they would probably be they'd be very violent and chaotic entities (laughs) i i feel like if they were like people it would look like that uh that guy from what the goonies fun fact i haven't seen the goonies really uh i don't know how to describe it because is it it like the big ogreish looking guy i I at least know what that looks like i just haven't seen the movie i know the memes from that movie too yeah the the, the kid that the shuffle truffle or whatever it is Yep. Uh, any pivotal point in that movie I have seen the entire movie, I doubt it. But yes, that's how I assume uh, I both of our puns would would turn out. Just very disjointed and sometimes not making sense. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, let's flip the record over to side B now. Number six, Red Hill Mining Town. The interesting thing about this one is I hadn't heard this song. Uh, obviously, I have to listen to this album, but I hadn't heard the song prior until about 
three or four weeks ago, uh, to those who don't know, I, I host a, a community radio show at my college. Um, and I, I, I picked the song out randomly to put it on the radio because I listened to like the first minute. I was like, hey, this sounds pretty cool. Put it on. Mm-hmm. And so I finally got to listen to the whole thing. So I was like, hey, I'm familiar familiar with the song. So it's nice to come into something I've heard not a million times, but at least yeah. I enjoyed it the first time. Yeah. Just side note, not really relevant to anything. I just wanted to say it. I like talking. I <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't expect the song to sound like it did from the intro, which surprisingly was pleasurable. Like I, I enjoyed the beginning. It kind of turned into something else. But, I mean, it still sounded good. I liked it. Uh, again, mentioning that I like the bass line. There's something that I really... I don't care. Now, I don't know if they're actually, like, hammer-ons or if it's just, like, I like, I guess, like, musical hammering where it's just, like, it, there's no connection from one note to another. They're just, I guess, staccato notes. Yeah. I like that. There's... I don't know. There's something about it that just grabs my attention immediately, which is nice. And uh, I really like the vocal melody of the chorus. And this yeah. song I've never heard. Of, I've never heard previous. I think the chorus is probably one of my more favorite parts of the track. Yeah. Um, I'm always a sucker for these like slower marching instrumentals on top of like the eighth or 16th note feels of like the drums and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I love that contrast, especially here. It's I think it's done well. Um, the only problem is, though, yeah, nothing particularly stood out to me about this track. Like, I like how everything progresses. It sounds fine. Uh, it feels like one of the more generic structures on the album, uh, like in the background of the track at the very least, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it still sounds good. I'm just I'm just kind of thinking about it in my head and, like, running through it one more time. It still sounds all right. Like, not as good as the first time I heard it and discovered it. I was like, hey, this is pretty interesting. But then I listened to the whole thing. I'm like, ah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm not big on the synth strings in the background, though, of this track. It's not that it sounds bad, but it just feels like it doesn't need to be there in some parts, but they just kind of threw it in for something to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually don't mind unresolved feelings at the end of a song, like uh, through like an unfinished chord progression. Like It just kind of leaves you in suspense of like an unfinished thing. Yeah. But this one would have felt like better if it had like a satisfying conclusion. I don't usually complain about that, so the fact that I'm saying that about this is like... Must have yeah. bothered me in some way. Yeah, clearly noteworthy. Uh, it feels like a dream that you woke up from before the happy ending happened. Yeah. Like you're getting up to the happy ending of your dream, like, yes, things are about to result. Yeah. Hello? Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm I'm so close to kissing my crop and then that's it. And then you can <laughs> never get back to that dream ever again. Yeah, you wake up and you have your face buried in the pillow. It's like, oh, it was a pillow the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> I don't remember what part of the song that I was referring to, but I, I did note that I imagine Bono singing in his past mulleted glory on that cliff slash played November rain on. So <laughs> I don't know what part of the song that was, but I mean, feel free. Um, but I found the song way too long and monotonous and three minutes in, I was pretty much done. Yeah, I, uh, I guess so. Why does the whole song just have to be 30 seconds just repeated? It's I I don't know. I I, I, I do like the way certain things sound, but yeah, again, just it, nothing stood out, so I can't yeah. get too excited about it. Like I'll get get excited for like the first minute to a minute and a half and I'll be like, "All right. Yeah. What else you got?" <laughs> yeah, and then when you get that f- first minute and a half a second time, you're like, 
okay, but I mean, not really. Time is money, honey. What else you got for me? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's kind of how I felt. All right, well, then we can just slip into the next song then. Number seven, In God's Country. Of course, Bono would name a song that. <laughs> I thought this might have been about Ford trucks, but alas, it is not, thankfully. He's not a country artist. <laughs> I, You never know. You never know. Taylor Swift went from country to pop, so, you know, yeah, but the you thing too is, might go from rock pop to country. We have the hindsight of this album being released in 87, and it's 2022 right now, so we, yes. we know where they progressed after this album. I've seen Bono with a cowboy hat, so I mean... That doesn't just mean saying, anything. Just saying. Well, he's <laughs> certainly not a cowboy. I've seen um, Corey Taylor of Slipknot wear a cowboy hat, and I have, I've yet to hear his country release. I'm actually kind of intrigued by that idea, though. The, I the want man with scream. no neck and a small head with a big cowboy hat? Not the picture. I meant, <laughs> I meant the album. Uh, yeah, oh, sure, I do. I do want to hear Screaming Country, though. If they, if anybody knows of any sort of screamo country, I'm very intrigued and very open to hearing it. I'm pretty sure it exists somewhere. If rap has crossed over in the country, yeah. then chances are screamo or punk has. Fantastic. Now, with that type of energy, this song is the type of energy that I wanted after the last song. It still... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. My next note just says, although it's still pretty comatose. So I'm trying to think, I'm like, I don't know if those two, uh, those two uh, comments really complement each other, but I do like the constant strumming in my left ear behind everything during the verse, because it was very hard to hear. But when I did, I was like, Oh, I felt like I kind of found a little treasure. I was like, I don't know if everyone hears this, but this sounds really, this pretty good yeah I, I think i know what you're talking about too and th the thing about that is that's that's like good mixing can do that where yeah it's sitting in its own channel so even if it gets buried in the mix you have a better chance of like maybe you'll hear it in your left ear and that's so obviously not the right one but yeah if you listen to like the mono recording chances are you won't hear it at all but because of headphones and stereo mixing like it's gonna stand yeah. out a little more so it'll be good yeah i, li I like that that was pretty good so but yeah um, this song kind of gave me vibes of Where the Streets Have No Name, uh, but the thing is, it kind of takes what that song did, but didn't execute it nearly as well. Yeah. Like, it, it just felt like this was a, a memory of that song, but just like, it's like a game of phone, phone tag, where it's like, you're trying to say a sentence that someone told you, and then you say it <laughs> yeah. like, only half correct to the next person. That's what this song felt like to me. It's like, Where the Streets Have No Name whispered into this one's ear, and it tried playing that song back to me, but it's yeah. like... That's that's not that wasn't the original song, was it? it tried tried to sing you the song with no teeth and out of key. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, nothing really stood out about this song to me. This one it kind of fell flat. Yeah. Um, it makes me surprised that this was at all a single, not number one of the number one singles, but it was still one of the singles. Oh. So that's what kind of blew me away. Maybe it's because it's okay. three minutes long. So I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's just radio friendly that way. Weird. Um. And yeah, because I think the the average song on this album was like four fifteen, four thirty ish, something like that. So like they're decently yeah. length, I guess. Um, it, it's it's weird because like later on in the track, like the drums t suddenly tend to get quieter, like towards like the last verse or chorus, whatever it is. Like if mm -hmm. further further down the mix, they just kind of start getting buried and just like I don't know why. I don't know if that was an oversight. Like I don't understand what they were going for if it was on purpose. Mm -hmm. So I just, I feel like this song, they just 
didn't have too much care for. I, I don't really know how to describe it properly. Um, okay, now I am going to just paint a scene here. Um, the little strumming in my left ear that I had mentioned. Um, so it was fairly quiet and I couldn't really hear it too, too well, but it was still there. But it ultimately starts getting louder and it starts coming more into the forefront after you hear a little glimpse of acoustic guitar. I hear the acoustic and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Like we're going somewhere. You're giving me something new. Then that strumming kind of takes the acoustic, pushes them off the stage and goes, fuck yourself. And then the strumming and then the strumming kind of ends. And then that was it. So I could have gone for more, more acoustic guitar. I like that. It shame that it was just a small little glimpse. And uh, I didn't hate the song, but it might be because it was just shy of three minutes and it was uh, kind of a breath of fresh air in comparison. Yeah, well, yeah, it was tolerable because of its length, but other than yeah. that, just like this felt like this felt like a demo. Like, I don't know, like production wise, it was fine, but like the song itself feels like it was like the, the first original demo of where the streets have no name like yeah before they finally formulated that song into what it would become like this yeah. was like the template <laughs> and so what you do with the template you build off of it you don't keep it and hand it in as the final project yeah well i mean if you're running out of time you do so who knows well i want a good mark so i wouldn't hand this one in <laughs> <laughs> all right song number eight trip through your wires Okay, so my, well, I don't know if it's my biggest gripe, but um, this song, I honestly think it would have sounded better if a different member sang it. Like if it just had a, like a different voice to it. Like the Edge's monotone singing in the song Numb? Well, <laughs> no. And I, I even Googled if Adam Clayton had sung other songs and I couldn't really find any indication as such. But... Um, I know that uh, Goo Goo Dolls, the bassist, will sing, you know, a couple songs on the record, but it adds a different feel to it. And I felt like just the music of this song would have lent itself better to a different voice. Not that Bono's is bad. It's just I didn't feel that it really meshed as well with this music as it could have. Bono gets paid too much money to sit out for even one song. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. don't know or what to, to tell care, you about that one. Or to care what we have to say about them, for sure. If even so much as a single sentence of this entire podcast made it into Bono's ears, <laughs> I'd be like, this is an impossible world we live in. This this yeah. isn't real. <laughs> Bono, give me $10. Thank you. Give me $10 once a week, every week for the rest of your life. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'll say it all. I'm not greedy. I just want to buy a package of hubba bubba bubble bubble gum. I have, well, I have bills to pay, and although <laughs> I need more than ten dollars a week to pay those bills, so Bono, please. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, um, I do like. The, oh, sorry. No, continue. no, if you still go ahead, you're still technically in the middle of yours. No, 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 continue. I want to tell you how wrong you are at the end. It's fine. Continue. Or just to realize how wrong you are. I mean that that happens know. quite <laughs> frequently. I will own that. Yeah, uh, more frequently than you're willing to give credit for. Yes. So this was the song, even though you could have said this with the last song, I felt like this was the one where you could really start seeing the side A, side B comparison of this album. Yeah. The hits are clearly gone at this point. Granted, there are some decent tracks coming up, but um, really tell it here. Uh, I do like the 6-8 feel, like the time signature of the song. It gives it a different style, so it kept it a little more interesting, I guess. So it mm. stood out in that way. I have a note directed towards you specifically. Oh, no. 
Savannah, does this mm-hmm. does the harmonica in this track give you Bob Dylan PTSD? Okay, now I'm going to respond <laughs> verbatim with what I wrote about the harmonica. The harmonica was okay. I mean, it was sure there, <laughs> and that was it. Because I just oh, you hear wailing at one point. I I was just like, she's going to be like on the ground shivering, thinking of the Blonde on Blonde album that we did. <laughs> if it's not like blues rock, I don't want to hear it. I don't know. It to me, it feels like, oh my god, we have a harmonica. We didn't add it in yet. Let's do it. And Bob Dylan just. <sighs> I mean, it fits in folk rock too, and that's what he yeah. was. Yeah, I know, but like, I don't fit in folk rock. I should stay far away from it, and it should stay far away from. Then me. you can folk off. <laughs> Why sorry, am I sorry. doing this to myself? <laughs> You don't oh even know God. what you're doing. I just I've, I've bowled three strikes so far in this whole. This, this whole entire this entire review is just going to be a clip show of how many puns you can annoy the shit out of me with. Pun time. <sighs> Pun time. Fun time. <laughs> but um, again, aside from the six eight time signature, uh, n- nothing really remarkable about this one. Uh, yeah. The bass stood out the most, and as I said, I'd probably mention this somewhere down the road. Here's where I mentioned it because yeah, like tonal tonally it stood out in the mix. Uh, it kept like a smoother kind of flow and feeling to the entire track. But other than that, there's not a whole lot to talk about for this one. Uh, I have just a couple notes. Um, I like you the time signature. Uh, it feels like a loose waltz. I like it. After I noted that down, I did look up what the time signature was. Says uh, three four, so you're correct as well. There, there's a bit of a difference between the two. It, it feels like yeah. six eight to me. I could be wrong. Yeah. I'm not big on music theory, but it feels like six eight to me. It it made me think of a waltz, so I was like, I think I'm onto something. Because six but, eight is essentially three four, but just like swung a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Know. It's it's hard to say. I'm not gonna sit here and explain music theory. <laughs> maybe I'm, I maybe yeah. I would explain things a little better if I knew any sort of iota of music theory, but. <laughs> Um, I do like the guitar embellishments that kind of fill up the empty space, but I am starting to find it annoying as I desire more from this. I don't just want to hear like little plucks and little, you know, little additions here and there. I just give me something of substance. I don't want a whole meal of appetizers. I want like food. Give me food, please. And (laughs) okay. So if Bono hears this, I'm sorry. I still would like my ten dollars. Um, are they boring people as well? Because this song to me just found like it sounded very boring, and it was made for office radio. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's I, how it we've, feels. We've played this song on my radio show before too, so yeah. I know exactly what that feeling is. Sitting listening to the radio, I don't. I don't hate the song, but yeah, like this, when I heard this one come on, because it wasn't chosen by me, it was chosen by my co-host. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to sit here and insult her choices because I, I don't, I do, I'm not going to do that. But at the same yeah, time, yeah. I'm just like, there could have been a better song in this album to choose. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh. Sorry if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not insulting you, I promise. <laughs> that, yeah. No belligerence. None from us. That's it. Only so, towards each other. That's about it. Ex- yeah, sure. Okay. But yeah, um, I don't know. I just felt like I was listening to a boombox sitting on a windowsill in a 
overly hot office while someone's at my cubicle trying to ask me how to use the coffee maker. And they're so. just like, Mondays, huh? And it's like Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> I, like, I work here, don't I? <laughs> yeah, I, I literally just, I'm going to die at my desk here. And yeah, that's the vibe it gives me. So, Well then. Good. Well, good news, we can move on from it now. Yes. Song number nine, uh, a TV show from the 2000s, One Tree Hill. <laughs> I was actually curious if this was the theme. It is not. It is not. No. I, I would certainly hope not. I think lyrically and the show probably have two very different things going on. <laughs> I didn't watch One Tree Hill. I don't know. I just know that it yeah. existed. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. So this touches upon one of your past recent comments. I put, all right, this intro sounds great, but it also reminds me of a better version of the intro to still haven't found what I'm looking for. I have that exact, <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> I knew like, it. I, I like I like this one better, um, but it definitely I had to go back to the other song to see how similar it was. It does sound different, but it definitely gives me the exact same feeling. I literally wrote the exact thing. The beginning reminded me a lot of "Still Haven't Found," but again, <laughs> as I said with the uh, "In God's Country," it didn't pull off as well as what the original did. Yeah, I kind of like this one better, but just for that intro part. I think this one is, it's either louder sooner, or it's a, like a, like a, uh, I can't think of the, the right word, but uh, it's not as deep sounding. I don't know. The, the phrase is escaping me. So. But yeah, yeah, you know, just piece it all together. It's like talking to someone who goes, you know what I mean? And you're like, no, I don't. You've explained nothing. They just That's walk me. up to you without saying anything. Catch my drift. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> who are you? Yeah. Meanwhile, they crop dusted you on the way by. Catch my drift. <sighs> yeah, that's the only reason why they walked by you in the first place. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I kind of like this one. Um, yeah, that's it had to cross it off my list there because I'm still trying to see what we're going to match on by the time we get to the <laughs> rankings. Um, I, I think you'll be surprised at my number one, though. So Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, we haven't even talked about the last two songs yet, so we will see. Um, I like the strumming dead notes behind like the main guitar riff. Kind of adds like a, a neat little texture to the entire sound, so they okay. at least had that going for it. So there was this like middle portion where like these kind of like atmospheric soundscapes started to kick in, yeah. uh, and it Felt like the track could have taken off into something a little more interesting from there, but immediately that stops. Some synth strings come in and just kind of brought the entire thing down a little bit, so I wasn't very fond of that. The word is octave. It sounds like it's a higher octave. Ah, okay, there you go. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about it going, I know this word, I know. Anyways, sorry, continue. I just saw you pointing the webcam, so I thought you were agreeing with me, but alas, yeah. you were not. <laughs> oh, hell no. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it, it's just kind of sad that the soundscape kind of just that I was enjoying kind of ended. I was like, oh, the song could have went into a more interesting direction, but then it, it mm -hmm. didn't. I don't know. The end of the song at least felt a little better because um, Bono started like straining his voice a lot, like hitting these like really intense notes. <sighs> then you have this like really noisy and upfront distorted guitar that felt really different as well. It's like, cool, we're doing this thing again where the song might pick up in the interesting territory. Yeah. It, it, it faded out way too quickly and then ended with like these kind of choir and string vocals and everything like that. And just It dropped a good idea that it had going on. So I just, mm. why are you doing this? 
know. It's it's not it's not the worst song. It's on, on my list. I'll tell you that much. But at the same time, I was disappointed with what this song could have done and didn't do. Um, for the twentieth time, this review um, sounds a little funky on the bass end. I liked it. I I actually am quite interested to see what Adam Clayton does like outside of U2 or if he's done anything, you know, side projects or whatever. I really want to see the extent of his bass playing because I think that like the tones there, the feelings there, I just would like to see if he goes more all out than what the confines of the band allow. So that's something I took away from this at least. Um, but when the bass comes in, I hear some vocal harmonizing, or maybe it's just a keyboard, or it's just something that kind of amplifies it a little bit. It doesn't last very long. I I noticed it, thought it was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> the guitar is, to me, it was just noodling around, doing whatever the fuck it wanted to, as per usual, just doing stuff. And... Um, at least this one made me move in my seat as I was listening to it. Like I was kind of, you know, rocking back and forth to it. Me but too, I, but that was just squirming. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> want to do this anymore. I'm not a fan of the ending. It feels like a gospel ending and I just do not care for that. As soon as it starts. That's what like, I'm saying though. It like cut, it like ended and then came back up. I was, what the fuck is this? As, that was like again when the yeah. guitar was distorted and Bono was straining his notes. It's like okay, something interesting is happening right now. Then yeah. it faded out too quickly. Quiet and strings come back for that psychoed ending. Yeah, and it's like God damn it. Like I, I thought that was the end of the song, and I would have been fine if that was the end of the song. It's like you get the intensity, then you cut it, and it's like oh, maybe we're gonna carry it on in the next song. Maybe we're gonna resolve it somehow. But that gospel ending was eh, I didn't really care for that very much. Very meh. Yeah. Well, it leads into song 10, what you think is the exit, but it's not, but it's called Exit. Mm. Penultimate song of the album. So, yes, just simply song 10, Exit. Um, I'm very appreciative of the soundscapes and sounds at the beginning of this one. It started to feel a little more exciting again that something was happening. Like, it was like this weird digital noise that sounded like crickets at night. Like, that's mm-hmm. kind of like the idea I got in my head. Um, you have these, like, light finger snaps very quietly in the background going on. Uh these atmospheric guitars, smooth rumbling bass. Overall, like this one sounded better than s- most of the other tracks on side B have sounded up to this point. So mm-hmm. I was getting back into it again. I felt good about it. Um, there was these occasional parts where like it used the super crunchy distortion noises that came, kind of came along with that distortion. I thought that was a great choice because it adds something new and intriguing again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something essentially this, that distorted guitar I'm talking about kind of happened in the previous track where I was like, oh, this is cool. It came back in this one. I'm like, oh, thank you for rearing your head again. I like you, but why'd you abandon me last time? Yeah, yeah. Even this late into the album, though, I don't mind that they're doing this because they've already tried some new things up to this point. So I'm like, hey, cool. I'm here for it. Why not? Mm-hmm. Mm. I I like the vibe of the song. Um, it feels like the end of the world and Bono's the only one left. And it's just like that kind of spooky whistling and like, to me, it kind of indicated like loneliness or like sort of sparseness. And that was kind of cool. As if an exit. Yes. Um, This, this one was giving me some peaks and valleys, whether it's musically or like 
just emotionally listening to it. I actually felt something. So that was nice. Um, now I, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna read this cause I unfortunately only read half of it. Um, okay. This one is giving me some peaks and valleys. Only 10 songs in on an 11 track album. And that was all caps. Everyone needs to know. Um, and I didn't think I was going to like this after the last few, but I like how it makes me feel in my soul. It's just like this creepy, ominous, like unsure feeling I was left with. And yeah. I, I kind of like that. It's like watching a like a psychological thriller movie. It's like you you walk away and you're just like, what what just what did they make me feel? <laughs> what just how happened? dare you? Yeah, yeah. And I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I thought there was a really good use of tom drums in this song. Uh-huh. Uh, it really intensified certain passages and certain points, so it wasn't like riding through the entire thing. It came out when it needed to. Yeah, It sounded really good when it did, so I appreciated that, considering I th- I can't remember what song it was, but it ru- definitely ruined one of the songs. Oh, it was the uh, Running to Standing Still or whatever it was when I said yeah. the, the toms kind of ruined that one. Yeah, Worked in this one. Thank you for uh, redeeming yourself. I appreciate that. <laughs> Excellent. Um, but yeah, the ominous, like, dark closing of the track was fantastic. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it fits tonally with the album, like, yeah. as as a whole, but I do think it sounds good, though. I, I So I guess I can't complain about it too much. Yeah. Um, this one, to me, was definitely a standout for Side B. Mm-hmm. Considering everything that's led up to this point, like, yeah, this one, this was a little more menacing in this one. I kind of enjoyed that feeling. I, I guess... It being the uh, almost end of the album, I guess I can just say this. Um, It wasn't long enough. It was just over four minutes and I didn't feel like I got enough. I want an 11 minute album closer, please and thank you. Just have that continuing on, have the last song like 11 to 13 minutes, all of this. And then end the album. Oh, I don't know if I would have liked the song if it was like eleven minutes oh, long. Yeah. I'm like, okay, Let's that's enough now. Yeah, that's it. Just, just do it. Maybe. Well, don't recycle the same idea for too long. You'll get tired of it. I guess you can't really throw a guitar. Well, I guess you could throw in kind of like a like a creepy slow guitar solo into there. Yeah, but again, like Edge isn't really known for his big guitar solos or anything. So I don't know what he could have done that he Quarter hasn't already notes. done in this album. Quarter notes. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. You know what? Bono, if you're listening, rewrite the song. All right. That was all. And up it to $15 a week, please. (laughs) Yeah. For my good idea. Also, I would like uh, $2 a day in perpetuity um, for that idea. I wonder if he stopped listening by now. No, Bono would listen to the entire thing. Let's just go ahead and assume he's listening to the entire podcast. He hears Bono, he's like, shit, they know who I am, and then turns it off. Oh, the jig is up. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck is that supposed to mean? (laughs) Meanwhile, everyone else is looking around going, where did he go? Meanwhile, he just ran out of the room. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Well... If you thought that was a good ender to the album, then I'm curious to know how you felt about this end to the album. The final song, number 11, Mothers of the Disappeared. All right. So I'm going to let you go first, but I'm going to write my first line in response to that. This is a very nice close to the album. Okay. Well, that's promising to start at the very least. Yep. Um, I like the synth sequencing in the beginning of this track. 
like everything kind of had like this light industrial feel to it, which mm-hmm. obviously I, I like industrial music, so stood out to me a little bit. Um, I thought that was very cool. Yeah, um, an interesting choice to put this one at the end, I think. Um, it feels like more of an encore track than an actual end. Mm-hmm. Like this, it feels like exit could have ended, and then like this is like two minutes later after the piss break, the band come back out on stage. This is the song they play, and okay, now we're done. Bye. Yeah, that's what the entire thing felt like to me. Um, I thought that the uh, there's like some really pretty and peaceful chord progressions and melodies throughout this track. Uh, the guitars were wonderful. Bono's voice suits the track very well. Um, despite how acoustic this track feels overall, though, it feels very expansive. Like, especially, again, wearing headphones. Like, a song like this shouldn't feel as expansive as it does, but somehow they managed to do it, so the production's fantastic on that. It did very well to catch my attention. And uh, I did mention uh, with this, uh, when this Where the Streets Have No Name, the album felt like the beginning of a new day. Uh, this one feels like the sunset, I guess, the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, even though they may not have not had that intent, I felt like that, and it really boosted my mood about the entire experience. I think that's why why I felt it was like a nice close where it's just it's like you're slowly closing that book and there's that resolve. It doesn't leave you feeling like, I don't know, uncomfortable or strange. It's like, you know, it's a nice little tuck into bed. And I like that. And, um, sorry, I was just going to say that that's it's kind of interesting just because of how this song sounds tonally again with what they add and how it has like the industrial kind of like bit of flair to it. Yeah. It almost feels like this is obviously this didn't happen, but it kind of feels like it's leading you into like what the next album is going to sound like type thing. It's giving you a little oh, yeah. teaser. Uh, I could be wrong. I think Achtung Baby was the next one. Achtung Baby. I could be very wrong. I don't really know my YouTube that well, but if it is, that that was kind of a different album. So maybe. Yeah. I know nothing about U2 other than one of my favorite songs was uh, released in 1997. So. And, and it's discotech. So, I mean, shit on me. Whatever. I don't care. 21 years after they formed the band, <laughs> D finally found your favorite song. Uh, Staring at the Sun and discotech. Same album. I like it. Um, but with this one, I, I found the jingling in the background at about four minutes highly distracting because it kind of felt like I'm trying to listen to music on my headphones, but someone has a TV that's way too fucking loud and I can hear it. And it was just, I just wanted to listen to the music, but having that just raise in volume, it was just, it was too much. I didn't like that very much. Um, this, this song really didn't give me much more than this is the last song. Pack it up, boys. Like, that's it. We know it's the end. That That's it. But uh, surprisingly, this didn't feel like a five-minute song to me. So I offered it a quarter point more. Okay. <laughs> yeah. A whole quarter point. Glad that the time length did that much for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I figured why not, right? I'm just looking at my list, determining whether or not I should cross this off, saying no, we won't match, or yes, we will, or if it's anywhere close. I, I don't know. Some, some of the things you talk about with some of these songs, like, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. But the good news is we're going to be finding that out very, very soon because we are at the end of this album now. 11 songs later, here we are. Nice. That was YouTube's... YouTube. U2's The Joshua Tree. That is not the first time you've said that today. I said YouTube already. You definitely have. And I was like, I'm going to wait until he watches this back and go, 
crap. <laughs> but it's oh. endearing. It's funny. It's okay. When uh, a little fun fact, when I was uh, writing my reviews not too long ago, uh, and I I did have like my voice activation on the phone. And I was just like the Joshua Tree YouTube, and then it brought up YouTube, and I was like, oh, I meant YouTube. <laughs> I don't know how, but I kept doing it. I needed to see the album, not listen to a song. So I needed like the Wikipedia page. It's gaslighting you into thinking you said that when really you said it right the whole time. Ah, damn it. <laughs> That's what they get for having a, a, a two character name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But anyways, yes, we're at the end of the album now. So thank you very much for sitting through the discussion of the album. And make sure you let us know what you think of it as well. You can do that by, you know, liking, sharing, especially commenting, obviously, mm -hmm. subscribing, following, rate, all that kind of stuff. Help build the musical community. Let us know what you thought of the album. And, of course, on social media, you can let us know, too, at Rate the Record Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Yeah, smash that there. like button and ring the notification bell and tell all your friends and comment things and say, first, first, do it. And do make it sure sense, so. when you see that subscribe button in your site, you get on the top rope and Macho Man and Randy Savage elbow drop that shit. Hell yeah. Okay, you know what? That was just way better than all the crap I said. So yeah, elbow drop it. You know what? Leg I knew, drop it. I knew in my... No, fuck Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I, I knew in my head when I brought up Macho Man, I was going to get points for that. <laughs> Oh yeah, Sting and Macho Man, favorite from uh, from when I was a wee little lass. So now that we're done talking about the album at length, we can go ahead and start ranking the songs. You know, part two of three, this entire podcast yes. structure. So above our heads, boom, the graphics have changed. There's a couple of names there with a bunch of empty numbers and words are waiting to be placed next to those numbers. So we're going to do that now. Now, before we do, this is where I want to say how many I think we're going to match on. Uh, uh, I'm kind of looking. I'm a little uncertain because there's a bunch I don't have crossed off. I feel I feel like at least two. I'm going to say one. Um, not only do I not write anything down, um, I just want to be correct when we do get to. I'll oh, be it's not, doubly correct. It's not that I'm writing so much down, but like I have my own order. I have it written here on the screen and on yeah. this piece of paper because I use this piece of paper while I'm editing. Yeah. So I just look at this and if I think you're going to match, I might leave a check mark or an X. And then like at the end, I'll officially put a, like a big check mark or whatever. I, I don't even think about it. Half the time, I don't even know who you are. So. Well, you only need to know who I am once a week. So that's fine. <laughs> as long as you oh, remember me ouch. every Monday night, then we're good to go. <laughs> All right, I can do that. I can do that. Okay, so let's start ranking some songs, shall we? All right. Number 11 in God's Country. Running to Stand Still. Running. I'll just write down running. That's fine yeah. by me. Number 10, Trip Through Your Wires. Match number one. Trip. And as soon as I say trip, though, I always think about tripping by Edwin. Good song. Yes. Okay, yeah. Well, now, oh, never mind. I can't say that on air. Hashtag later. Canada. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hashtag I Mother Earth, yes. Okay, uh, song number nine, One Tree Hill. In God's Country. God. Number eight, Red Hill Mining Town. Match number two cool. already. All right, all right. Oh my lord. Oh my god. I think you might be onto something then. <laughs> Holy shit. Maybe. There, there's a couple other ones I'm kind of iffy about, but we're yeah. going to find out. Number seven, With or Without You. Mothers of the Disappeared. Mothers. Uh, okay, so number six, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. One Tree Hill. One Tree. Yeah, that was all the way back there. Anyway, number five, Bullet the Blue Sky. Oh, my God. Uh, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. 
Still haven't. Number four, exit. Bullet the blue sky. As soon as you said it, I was like, we are one off again. Oh my word. Yep. Number three, where the streets have no name. Where the streets have no name. Wow, we got three. That's wild. And yeah, the next two can't match. Number two, running to standstill. With or without you. With or. Number one, mothers of the disappeared. Exit. Exit. Wow, we got three. We did it, I think. That's wild. I'm well, really surprised that we got those two really close together. Considering last week we got zero out of 12, we had to make up for it somehow. Redemption. So I will take this. Hell yeah. So we had a Red Hill Mining Town. We have Where the Streets Have No Name and... Trip Through Your Wires. Trip Through Your Wires. Excellent. Cool. Three. I'll take Dang. it. Hell yeah. Now let's see how close our uh, album ratings can get to each other. I'm... I'm kind of curious about this one, considering what we had to say about the album. And I think we were kind of talking off air about how we might have had lower expectations, but maybe they were exceeded a bit. Yes. Um, now, I'm I'm going to... Spoiler is not an S tier, but it is a lot higher than I had anticipated with absolutely no knowledge of most of the songs on this album. I see. So, yeah. Well then, let's go ahead and transition screens and find out exactly where this thing is going to be placed on our rating chart. And here is the rating chart. My God, it's getting stacked more and more by the week. Mm-hmm. And we can see YouTube now in the waiting room, uh, waiting to find somewhere on this rating chart. And of course, last week's episode is there too. And of course, that was Fishbone and... Give a monkey a brain, something. That was a long time. And you'll think he is the center of the universe. I got tired of typing that so much. <laughs> while I was like doing all of like the descriptions for episodes and stuff. I I don't know why I didn't copy paste, but hey, whatever. <laughs> Old school. But yeah, that fell between Sal Williams and Pearl Jam. So it's there, the big golden monkey album right there. But mm-hmm. we are coming back to U2's The Joshua Tree for its 35th anniversary. Mm-hmm. So because it's celebrating an anniversary, I hope it's somewhere, you know, uh, pretty high on the list. Well, I went first last week, so you can go ahead and go first this week if you're so, uh, you know, courageous feeling this time around. I'm never courageous feeling. Um, I am a uh, crybaby and a little whiner, but I didn't, aside from a couple tracks, I didn't have much to whine about in this album, and it ended up coming out to uh, $70.45. Not bad, not bad. Yeah, it much higher than I thought it was going to be. I thought it literally was going to be maybe 63, 64. So I was actually pleasantly surprised. I, and as you should be, because, I mean, you're not really known for giving things above 70, but recently you've been on kind of a kick. Mm, listen to some decent stuff, I think. So it seems. And I remember you weren't exactly initially excited for this album, but look, look at you, yeah. 70%. Yeah. But now, as I usually do, I have to one-up you, and one-up I shall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also ended up liking this album a lot more than I thought I was going to. Uh, I didn't know where my score was going to fall, probably somewhere in the mid to high 60s. Uh But it ended up coming up to 76.36%. Dang, that's not too bad. No, not at all. Uh, So actually, the average score on top of that, too, with your, what was it, 70.45? Yes, it was. And my 76.36, that comes out to an average of 73.40%. Another B-tier album. 
Oh, we're going to have to shrink that down. Again, yes, we will. <laughs> well, that's fine by me. Keep shrinking. All right. So as I'm trying to find out where this lands in the list. Uh, um, less than, it's got to be less than Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam 74.10. I know that. 74.10. Queens of the Stone Age, I think, was like 71. Maybe let's take a look. Uh, Big Rec was 71.6, uh, Queens was 71.8. Okay, so and it goes above, yeah, that yeah. means it goes above Queens of the Stone Age. I'm just kind of, I'm doing this in real time. I don't know why I always do this in real time, but I'm going to anyway. So that authenticity, I want people to know that this is happening right here, right now. And yes, I will shrink shit down in a second. Ah. This is the problem with doing it in real time, you got to deal with all this. <laughs> Computer so, shuts down. Yeah, I, I, I hope <laughs> not. My computer's old enough that it could actually probably crash, and I'd be extremely upset. Uh -uh. But yeah, there you go. U two has ended up uh, on the B tier, our overstacked B tier. And now I will shrink that down ever so slightly. There we go. It's getting just smaller and smaller by the week. <laughs> we're gonna have to. Uh, we're gonna have to have a spinoff show, or you know, a patreon only one just called the b tier where we just rate the ones in the b tier re-rate the oh god we gotta redux yeah. all the albums specifically for this <laughs> yes <sighs> b tier of course it was everything's b tier lately it's all it ever will be from this point forward maybe it it will be it will be. <laughs> Clown horn. And, anyway. And that is a signal to end the show. <laughs> oh, thank God we're there already. So thank you very much for checking out this episode of the Rate the Record podcast. We hope you've had a lot of fun today. We hope that you discovered some new music that maybe you hadn't listened to before, although one of the most popular albums of all time. Chances are you might have heard it, a decent amount of it at the very least. But yes, make sure you let us know what you thought about this album. Where would you rank the songs? Where, where would you rate the record? Let us know uh, down in the comments below of the video or even on the audio platforms if they have it. You can also let us know on social media, again, at Rate the Record Podcast, Facebook, Instagram. We're on TikTok as well. Rate the Record on Twitter. And, of course, you could just send us emails of your opinions, things to say, requests, to ratetherecord at gmail.com. We also, in the description below, have a Google Doc that you can fill out for an album request. This so that's just a lot easier. It's right there. About four or five things to fill out, and boom, we will get to your request eventually. Yes. I think in about two more weeks, we have uh, we have our, another request coming up. So keep yes. an eye out for that. Yeah, yeah. And we will honor them. We already did a country album and Weezer. So, I mean, if that country doesn't album say... and Weezer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So if that doesn't say that we are committed to your requests, there you go. We got some interesting ones coming though. I'll say that much. Yeah. So uh, don't forget to uh, we. I, I got to get used to talking about this now, but we do have the Kofi page as mentioned before. So if you feel like donating to the show and helping us become bigger, better, stronger, faster, whatever, six million dollar man, go ahead yeah. and uh, check out the Kofi link again. Completely optional. Show is always free, but if you feel like doing that, the option is there, and the link is also down in the description. If you can't remember how to type it, that's fine. Because ko fi. That's a weird thing to have to make a website. Yep. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But before we let you go, each week at the end of the episode, we like to give you a brief little hint teaser, a weensy bean of a teaser, uh, telling you what to expect next week. And uh, boy, oh, boy, I, I think it's not only is it Savannah's pick, but she she seems a little excited about it. Oh, my God, I love it so much. Uh-oh. Oh, High-ranking album, question mark? Okay. So this, uh, this is an individual artist. Uh, they are... 
they're well known in certain circles. They have won a Grammy for songwriting for a very, very popular pop art, or I guess pop rock artist. Um, they were considered to replace, I, I'm not sure replace Phil Collins in Genesis, but this was the 90s. I don't know what the hell he was doing. Um, but unfortunately, this individual is no longer with us. And this was the last album that they released while they were alive. I wonder how many people out there are literally saying, is it Jeff Buckley in the album Grace? <laughs> I wish it was. It's Trust not me, but it's Jeff not. Buckley. <laughs> no, it's not Jeff Buckley. Maybe yeah. one day, though. I, I, I have no qualms with yeah. putting that album on this show. Maybe yeah. one day, but we will see. <laughs> well, the, the Grammy was not for their own song, so that might eliminate Jeff Buckley there. It's also not Elliot Smith. <laughs> it's not. But I'm very, very excited. I want to share this. To be honest, whatever you rate it, whatever everyone listening likes it or not, I just want to share it to as many people as possible because I, I love it. It's really close to my heart. So You were nice enough with Zero Zero, so I guess I have to return the favor. <laughs> yes. I knew that karma would come around. Excellent. Good planning. Good planning. <laughs> Well, we'll see how much you manipulates me next week, because that's when we'll be checking out this particular album. But until then, uh, go ahead and go listen to some awesome music out there for the week, including today's album, absolutely, of course. And we will see you next Monday, so take care, friends. Bye-bye.